0: I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game.
1: AM Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the O-T-B Sports
0: app. AM With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition. Available now. Sarah Dunlap joins us to look back at the weekend's hurling. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you?
2: I'm absolutely heartbroken. I am. I'm absolutely heartbroken. We actually stopped in Ballylanders last night on the way home. Limerick country now to, to kind of drown our sorrows and watch the Sunday game. And we were treated to a rousing rendition of Horse Outside, which cheered us up a small bit. <laughs> so kudos to the Limerick lads for uh, giving us that.
0: Well, very yeah. good. Uh, I haven't seen them do that on the terraces yet. That, <laughs> maybe they should. I was going to say.
2: <laughs> it was, look, I, I suppose yesterday, last week, we talked about the Munster final and this being a Munster final for Cork and they gave it absolutely everything their best performance of the year scored 130 and it still wasn't enough
0: yeah um I don't know look we'll have one one sentence about this but is is the system fair that they're out now and that like we have John McDonough teams and the dubs in and Cork are
2: gone I think when they look back they In one game, you know, they had four chances. Uh, Yesterday, they did very little wrong, but crucially, it was their retention of the puck outs, their sideline cuts, the retention of the freeze. That's a work on for Cork for 2024. I think we can say that we're disappointed. We are, but the system is there and three three teams got out (laughs) of the system and Cork didn't, you know. We, we, we can't I suppose keep pushing the blame somewhere else we had three chances we didn't take them
0: okay let, let's talk about Limerick before we get into um, Cork because mm. uh, they're now in a Munster final which you know I think we all predicted at the start of the championship uh, Limerick would be in the Munster final we just didn't think they'd be squeaking through by the skin of their teeth um, but there's uh, it, the, the uh, weather was good it was all sunny it's definitely summertime, and all of a sudden Limerick looked like um, they're close to being Limerick again
2: yeah, there was flashes of that in the game. Um, I think Cork put a lot into the game and Limerick matched it. Like they've matched tip, you know. Like every game this season, they've been they've pressure applied and they found a way. Um, interestingly, obviously, Keane Lynch didn't come on till late, so Cahal O'Neill was given that big um, spot centre forward to work with, and you know got a great goal in the first half. My sense though with Limerick is that they're they're actually not as strong from the bench as they have been in previous years. So there is there is potential. There's hope for other teams. They can be caught.
0: It feels open, I think, at the moment as yeah. opposed to at the start of the year where it felt like how, how close will anybody get to Limerick is kind of what we're looking for, which that's not the case. Like Limerick could be beaten by uh, any of the uh, teams who've come out of uh, Munster on a day in Croke Park. And they could also be beaten, you think, by Galway if Galway performed the way they did in the second half against the Dubs. And, like, Kilkenny, I think we just have to write off the performance against. Wexford. Wexford.
2: Well, look, they scored five goals against Wexford. I like the games yesterday were bananas. But interestingly, after the game, Henry Shefflin said after the Dubs game, he said, "Look, we had no contests in Westmead and Antrim. We came flat into this game." I'm misquoting him, but that's the essence of what he said. And I'd said to you guys last week, if Limerick were to come through as third place winners, they'd have met a Kilkenny or a Galway when they were only tepid, and it was <laughs> a great time to meet them. So the warning signs are there for all teams, you know, unless you're going at full tilt you can be caught.
1: Is discipline an issue? I think we've discussed discipline with Limerick uh, already this season, Sarah, but um, I think half the outfield defence had been in, been yellow-carded by James Owens in the first half and a couple of Patrick Horgan frees that just came from, again, ind- discipline and given away a stupid freeze. So is that a potential problem going forward for them, do you think?
2: They have to clean it up. I, look, I, I think that's the Kyle Hayes, um, I suppose, free on Dara Fitz in the first half. There was more to that, you know, he potentially could have got a, a red card for that because of, I suppose, how aggressive he was going into it and he did strike the player. So he was probably lucky to, to just get a yellow. Um, outside of that, there was a bit of fooling on the square with Aaron Gillan and, uh, Sean O'Donoghue. And to me, it looks like, you know, Aaron Glan was holding Sean as much as, as Sean was trying to defend the, the square and they get a penalty out of it. Dermot Burns buries it and all of a sudden Limerick are in the ascendancy. I think for Aaron Galan, unfortunately, referees will be wise to it now for the next two or three games and he probably won't get the same um, softness or, or soundness from referees because they'll have seen what he's at, which is holding the early. That battle between Galan and O'Donoghue was pretty impressive to watch. Oh, it was class, but you know what, Galan, we, we said at the start of the season Limerick weren't ticking without him and I firmly believe if... She, if Kylie hadn't brought him back in um, after Christmas, uh, Limerick wouldn't be remotely near where they are now. He is he is ticking every box for Limerick, and some of the scores he got yesterday, uh, he just tips out for the ball. It's, it's effortless. It
0: was a really brilliant contest, and there were, in fairness, there were chances at both ends. And I understand, I understand how people will be upset with the penalty. Uh, it feels like it's a massive swing before Limerick at their first goal, uh, Gillan actually hits the post with a kicked shot, which, you know, uh, channelling his inner Nicky English from like the late (laughs) 80s, early 90s. Um, That was
2: all the soccer training there before Christmas. Exactly. remember.
0: That's what he was doing, yeah. Uh, But (laughs) Cork's inability to retain possession coming out (laughs) of it actually gives Limerick the first goal after they've just so they had that kind of ooh, oh, that was a big chance for Limerick and it hits the post and oh, that's great but then a minute later it balls in the back of the net and you're like oh that could be but they come back from it that's the thing it's like so flaky Cork are not flaky anymore
2: no but look I I suppose for me and look you know I had a great I had a great seat I was in the open stand I caught a lot of sun yesterday and uh, the it's uncomfortable watching Cork play out from the back. Um, they need to move the ball more quickly and they got caught in possession yesterday and they'll hate that. Like, it's, it's there for all to see. He needed to move the ball away quicker, earlier. And William O'Donoghue turns him over, you know. So from that and then from the puckouts outs as well, you know, I know Nash has spoken to you previously on the Friday about the chain. You know, it's not just about the keeper. It's about the other players who are t- moving into line and moving into space. That broke down a lot for Cork yesterday. Um, Cork will look back and say, God, there was crucial moments where where we made tiny mistakes and they were punished so badly, whereas Limerick seemed to be able to recover more quickly.
1: It was the the, the performance from Cork as well. I think you, you, you described it as the, the, the best in the championship so far, ironically, that they saved the best to last. And yet, it just wasn't enough. But from a Cork perspective, albeit there'll be a bit of a post-mortem here, Sarah, but there's so many positives for them.
2: Yesterday, like that first 20 minutes for Cork... Eleven shots, eleven scores, it breathtaking stuff. And I suppose for the first time in a long time they were actually matching Limerick physically. So Limerick were coming out from the back and Cork were taking him on. There was a great turnover with Dara Fitz and I and or Rob Downey and he gives the ball out to Tim O'Mahony and Tim O'Mahony gets a sweet score. There's another one, Rob Downey shifts out to the sideline, gives us class past Luke Mead, and Luke Mead's there all on his own in space, gets a great score. So many like stunning scores from Cork yesterday and so accurate. Um, and to score 130. And then you've got the under 20s coming up behind them. And um, that under 20s team has r- some real quality. And <laughs> I suppose for Pat Ryan now next year, it's about bringing up a couple of players. Like you've seen Adam Hogan into the Clare setup out of leaving cert and making a massive impact. I think Cork probably have to do that with a couple of younger players. And yesterday for me as well, if you looked at the Cork bench, it was all forwards. There was, I think, three. Uh, defensive options. So Cork need to find backs because their defensive unit works so hard if one of the lads yesterday had to, had to go off injured, Cork were in trouble.
0: Um, okay, so Cork are gone. It's heartbreaking. Uh, Tipperary, after I, I mean again, one of the most outlandish performances that we've seen they, they all, all they had to do was like not lose by five and they couldn't even manage that. In the end when they're like mounting a, a come back it's like they just know that, but they couldn't even do that. So, I don't know how they respond. They'd made changes, obviously. There there were players injured who might be back by the time that uh, the big games come back for them, but so
2: they're heading to Offaly. Like, that's, that's, that's their next game. They're heading to Tullamore. I, I was uh, talking to a tip man last night and he was unsure whether he was going to go to Offaly to see the match. He was so disgusted <laughs> after the final whistle yesterday. But crucially for them, look, Jason Ford, Jake Morris, Carl Barrett, you know three fulcrum players that come back into that tip setup, And I suppose when we were watching the, the match back on the Sunday game last night, you know, Desi Hutchinson's goal is fortuitous and, and tip had been pushing, pushing, pushing to that point. And, you know, Hutchin, Hutchinson punishes, uh, kind of, I suppose, a bit of confusion with, with Reece Shelley and tip again, get, get murdered for, for the smallest mistakes. <sighs> Do I think Tip are going to improve from here? Absolutely. I think it's probably the wake-up call that they needed. So you don't take anything
0: from, any conclusions drawn from how Waterford set up against them for other teams set up against Tip. It's just, this is an aberration. It's a thing of itself. And there'll be a different, after they get over the Offaly game, which we assume they will, um, they'll be grand.
2: Look, last week, they hurled a world ball against Limerick. And they had to come out seven days later and find something, you know, uh, against Watford. And like it or not, there was lots of history between Watford and Liam Cahill. And there's obviously going to be a massive, I suppose, drive there to show him that he walked away from that team and and what he walked away from. And the best way that you can show that to an old manager is is, is to beat him, yeah. you know, and soundly. Soundly beat him, and you know, Cahill was was very straightforward about that. And, and you were chatting beforehand about him speaking about the emotional baggage uh, Davy Fitz had quoted basically said they're emotionally damaged you know from, from last season and that obviously hurt Cahill right and that's you know he's he's speaking about that but there's no question that that Waterford team yesterday went out to show Cahill what he's given up so, because I think they're surprised that he walked away.
0: So does it give Davy another year do you think?
2: Unfortunately yes.
0: Right, so you're not you're not a Davy fan, but from a Waterford yeah. perspective, like that performance, if they were if they performed like that, and like to Davy to to, to Davy's point, like they should have beaten Limerick in the first game, and if they'd done that, they'd be going through. Do you know? Like,
2: well, well, we spoke with Jerry We spoke in the league about how crazy the systems he was doing were trying to play. You know, he he was launching play, forty players into the forward line to on a puck out. He has the players, he has the quality, and he couldn't go route one, but he just doesn't seem to want to go route one. To, that's to, that's the frustration there
1: to his credit on, on Billy Nolan particularly you know going to the sweeper centre back role that's a, an ingenious enough move in hindsight but it, does that maybe come from the back room is that where I'm leaning towards this
2: yeah look I, I, I suppose it the The press box is a great place to get to get info, and uh, a lot of lads in the press box yesterday knew that Peter Greeley, who's in the backroom team with with Davy, is actually from Rowan Moore, and uh, Billy Nolan played centre back for Rowan Moore in twenty twenty one in the county final, and he's actually played centre back for Waterford as well in the fifth. So, not the most shocking of places, you know, to find him. And I suppose, you know, we've said previously, Owen Murphy's played outfield for Kilkenny, Nicky Quaid's played outfield for Limerick in, in times past. Look, you know, it's, it's No more when we see the footballers outfield as well. Um, I think it was a great move from Waterford yesterday. It was completely unexpected. And we were saying that Tygde Berka's role was very hard to fill. And I suppose Kilm Lyons and Jack Fagan are different (coughs) kinds of players and it doesn't suit them to play that role. So to be able to bring Billy Nolan in was a masterstroke. ever idea it was.
0: Um, We should talk briefly about Wexford and the the situation there. Like I, I did feel a lot of sympathy. We see what Wexford are capable of when players are fit and they have the majority of their best players available for them, but they just don't have the strength and depth. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too soft on them and actually they should be getting savaged for what's gone on this year when they are they do have many players in the prime of their career and so whatever you need to do to make sure that they're going to be fit for championship, that's the job of the, the management team. So I don't know where you, you fall down on, on this, but um there was a lot on the line for Wexford yesterday and they didn't back down from
2: it. To be able to go to Kilkenny and get a result like that, especially with the start that Kilkenny got. Kilkenny were eight points up. Uh, Owen Cody was having a field day. Um, and then to be able to turn it around and, and, you know, and come back up seven points up in, in the second half. Like, magnificent stuff from Wexford and actually Lee Chin had a grade two AC tear uh, in the last two weeks so he isn't even fully fit and he puts in that performance but I suppose crucially Dar Egan mentions you know the Wexford support despite last week and despite how horrendous it was Wexford you know filled the stadium massive support for the team yeah. and the the players stood up but like there's so much quality in that Wexford team you say lads, you can't go to Dublin and, and shoot 19 wides. You, you know, you can't lose a 17-point lead against Westmead. You know, psychologically, you have to be able to play for 70 minutes to give yourselves a chance, and, and they weren't. So they deserve to take, I suppose, it on the chain now and say, what are we going to do? But look, that Wexford under-20 team that's coming up behind that group has been in two Leinster finals. There is quality there, and it was Crucial that they didn't go into Joe McDonough because you have to blend these two teams and they have to stay at yeah. the top tier.
0: I do think that the fans arriving late to Wexford Park was actually a great thing for them to put the <laughs> game back 10 minutes. Do you know? So they've got to take, They were, you know, when it turns out when they're unified, they can, uh, they can do great things. We'll leave it there for now. Good stuff, Sarah. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. Sorry for and your trouble. Yeah,
2: you know the you know the performance rankings and putting us in the red. Yeah, did you need to do that? Ah,
0: look, I mean, Uh, not my call. Let me just wash my hands. Yeah, you give Sorry, hang on a second. This is Don Logan, his uh, goblet of minor prestige or whatever. Like they're now also runs like that. Also, also running this year. I don't. I don't think it's fair. I actually think that there should be. I'm quite shocked. I'm quite
2: shocked. You score one thirty. Like these current. performance rackings are cat cat yeah sorry lads I've given it up this morning and the summer's over by the way Don't the kids shouldn't even finish school they it's should not, go right through to September
1: not even June <sighs> feedback's always 10, welcome yeah. feedback's always welcome Sarah on the performance <laughs> rankings we appreciate that
2: well you've disappointed me so much this morning I'm going back to Ballylanders I'd say they're still there singing I'd yeah. say
0: they are uh, <laughs> OTB AM with Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition, available now